I remember as a kid being told that we're mostly water, that it was important to drink water and plenty of it. But did you know over 99% of the molecules in our body are, in fact, water? Presently, there's a lot of ongoing research into medicine and disease. And when our guests asked what research has been conducted on water, they were surprised to find that water, the number one element in our physiology, is a mystery. I want to introduce the best and brightest to Analemma, a tool that changes the state of water into its supercharged, full-spectrum coherent state. Today, Dolph Vantage and Dr. Eric Larricker join the 360 Nations to discuss the science of structured coherent drinking water and how this relates to quantum physics, communication in the body, and their ambitions to leave an impact and affect the lives of millions in the process. This conversation you're about to listen to is the basis of everything, life itself. After you've listened for yourself, we encourage you to share this podcast and episode with friends and family. As always, do your own research and compare the facts, and please consider choosing better water for you and your family. Healthcare 360 has partnered with Analemma, and Analemma Water One can be purchased through our affiliate site at scotteburgess.com forward slash shop. By purchasing through our link, you're also supporting the efforts of Healthcare 360 and helping others to reimagine our healthcare while bringing new ideas and inventions like these and more to people all around the world. Nation, we've asked and you've answered. So I'll ask again, as we appreciate all your input. If you have any topics or suggestion that you'd like to introduce to the nation, we're all ears and we appreciate the contribution. We love information and products that serve to positively charge and impact the health and wellness of others. If you'd like to reach out, go to scotteburgess.com and schedule a meeting with me personally. If Facebook is more convenient, you can reach me at my Facebook community page at scotteburgess.com and click the messenger chat bubble in the lower right-hand corner. If you're an Apple Podcast listener, please take a moment and write us a review as reviews are the lifeblood to podcast growth and longevity. A positive review pushes Healthcare 360 to the top and brings these conversations to those who need it most. Now, let's jump into our conversation with partners Dolph and Eric. And as always, thanks for listening. Hello, Scott. Hello, Dolph. How are you, sir? Please don't call me, sir. Call me (laughs) Dolph. Thank you for being available. Uh, I have to tell you, this is utterly amazing. We worked 14 years on it. We know. 14 years it took? Wow. Uh, I have... I'm trying to structure the right words for you. Uh, no pun intended with the word structure, but there's a lot of people that I'm going to be able to help with this based on mm. where they are in their wellness. And I'm just very thankful. Eric as well here. Is Eric here? I see you. I don't know if you see me. Eric, good morning. Before we start. Sure. We've never met you before. Give a little bit of background of yourself. That makes, makes the communication easier for us. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I've been in the healthcare business my entire career. Specifically, I've been designing operating rooms, interventional suites, and all these patient environments for hospitals for the last 17 years inside the American healthcare system. Through all those efforts and those challenges and everything that I've personally gone through and seen, we've had significant successes. At the same time, I've also seen a lot of the downsides and the gaps. No one woke up and frivolously wanted to to do that. It was just so much back and forth in uncontrolled chaos in certain examples that I started working with the company where we were in a one-stop shop in that design construct. If you gave us a space, we can drop it in an operating room, an intensive care unit, an emergency lab, 
pathology, all of that. So it would make it really, really simple and turnkey. What we found out was that during that time, the hospitals really weren't ready. They weren't ready to give up that control. They really weren't ready for that technology. And now they were. So as we were releasing technology, we said, how do we educate people about it? So we came up with a podcast idea. Well, the podcast would start off with the passion project first, became a mission, and it quickly, quickly evolved. Within the first few months that we had launched back in 2020, we got nominated and selected twice as one of the best medical podcasts that had been out there. And from there, it just grown. Now, the result of that is that we're helping a significant amount of people who are looking for truth-seeking, real information that's non-centered, non-compressed, where they can go evaluate it themselves. We have no agenda besides, here it is, go look for it, go do your own homework. And we're just presenting what's out there to the masses so they know what's available to them to exhaust. The one question and the only question that's really identified around this podcast is, had you known there were other options to exhaust and explore, what would you do with that information against what you believe the healthcare medical system really is? That's it. That is it. It's a true passion still and a mission. And I'll give you an example. We just put together three episode series, mini series on challenging and identifying medical bankruptcy. Now, medical bankruptcy in itself, for example, isn't a category, but bankruptcy is at large. So we really break it down to help people because the last thing they want to do here is find themselves in financial distress over wellness. So we help them break it down. First, we identify it. We have a neurophysiologist who came on the show. He's been involved in healthcare administration for the last 20 years. He really walked us through nicely. That was segment one. Segment two, we brought on a lawyer, a bankruptcy attorney, who's also an estate planner and next of kin and how to manage your family finances if someone passes away. And then the last part is what the health insurance business looks like, some of the gaps and some of the questions that people should be asking or other alternatives there as well. So it's very, okay, here's an idea, non-structured, let's go for it and see what's out there. When I saw this product, to bring it back to you specifically, we just focus a lot on the detoxification of a body. About six months ago, we were watching Netflix. There was a show with Zac Efron. I think it was like Change Your World. One of those episodes, he went out to California. They went to a water bar. My daughter's the one watching this. And I said, oh, that's kind of cool. A water bar? Is it infused with alcohol? And she's like, no, watch this guy. So I'm, I'm listening to the gentleman on the show, and he's going into the different types of waters and structure, and they're actually doing a water tasting, just like they would do a wine tasting. And I never knew. I had no idea. So I said, okay, that's really interesting. That's really compelling. So then when I saw your product, and then when I started really playing with the idea of detoxification, what that looks like. Added into supplementation and then the food market and everything that's in the soil and everything else. I'm like, we have something here. We need to bring these gentlemen on. How many people are listening to your podcast? YouTube, we just surpassed 17,000. And we've been doing this for just about a year. On audio, I know what Anchor tells us. We're over 5,000 there. 
but I know it's higher. We're in over 62 countries at the moment. I just got the stat from Chartable, and they do it random as far as what they what they tell you about Anguilla, for example. We just ranked 15th in alternative medicine, and we just ranked 74th in medicine overall. So wow. we're doing relatively well. The groups and communities that we're building now on Facebook are very much in tune with this type of topic and discussion. What is out there that we don't know? How can we self-improve it, et cetera? Where are you located? I'm in Boca Raton, Florida. Oh, Florida. Yeah. Uh, then your weather is much better. My weather's <laughs> nice. So right now, knock on wood, our weather is beautiful right now. Usually in May, you start seeing the uh, rainy season already start because the humidity is high, high, high. Right now, there's worse weather in the Northeast. It's warmer and more humid than it is down here. It is pristine weather. Pristine uh-huh. weather. Yeah. That's a yes. little bit of my background. I really enjoy what I, what I do here, what we're putting together, the community <clears> that we're building. It's really fun. And a lot of people are enthusiastic. I'll expand this one last thought and I'll, I'll, we'll go into the conversation. But we just had a conversation with Dr. Thomas Levy about bacterial and viral infections and what he's found in his research with nebulized hydrogen peroxide. Now, on the detoxification products that I just mentioned, Dr. Christina Rahm, who's an ex-chief science officer of Pfizer and a couple other big companies, and she's really done a really nice job with using zeolites and cryptolite to extract from the body. So in combination, if people are sick and they nebulize regularly or if they become ill and they use a vapor Mm -hmm. nebulizer with hydrogen peroxide at a certain solution, combined with bringing in structured coherent water into the body where it's just less processing. If you look at it from a computer standpoint, there's less processing and less power that's required and just your body just uses it simply. And then you're detoxing at the same time, taking out what may come in in small amounts. I think we have something there. Gentlemen, thank you for being available. Everyone, thank you for coming back for another episode of Healthcare 360. Today, as you just heard, we have two guests on here. I want to go through and kind of talk about where this all came up. When you break down the physiology of the body, water is the basis of all of it. I had a friend who introduced me to a product called an Alema water wand. And I said, okay, what's this? As we all know, I'm naturally curious. And I said, it does what? It structures water. And the story you just heard with the example I was watching on Netflix with my daughters, I said, wait a minute, let's dive into the science here. So Dolph Azantiga and Eric Larricker, They are here today to talk to us about water, the structure of water and what we know and what we do not know. And I have a lot of this really basic questions. I want to thank you, gentlemen, for being available. I really want to dive into this. Uh, Water is essential for life. Appreciate you being here. How did you start? How did this come to be? You said 14 years you'd been working on this product. I personally have been using the product for about a month. I noticed a difference in three days. 14 years ago, I met uh, Eric a few years before, and we had many private discussions. We were very concerned about what was going on in certain areas of the society. One of them was health. Eric is a veterinarian. He can talk about that uh, himself, what he found out. But we said there are certain things that, uh, 
that are completely moving in the wrong direction. So we were able to do some testing. We created a laboratory. We took over a part of the laboratory of Professor Pop in Germany of the biophotons. Then we did a lot of tests. And after one or two years, we found out that one of the elements that uh, people hardly look for, but probably is one of the most important elements for communication in the body is water. Mm. And then we were uh, trying to find out, can somebody tell us in the world what water is? And we were very surprised to find out that nobody could tell us what water was. Now, who did you ask when you asked those questions? Were you going to scientists or different types of agencies? Scientists and universities. Many of them in the U.S. And then we found uh, out that a lot of people are doing research on water, but it is still one big mystery. Hmm. So we went to those laboratories in the world, Japan, U.S., Europe, to find out. Can somebody tell us what water is? And then we started to create our own base with our own experts. We hired a lot of experts from outside. We created a huge team of researchers. And then the, uh, the story started. Wow. That is more or less how it became. You already tapped into something that I want to start asking questions about. I want to go back to the website. The NLMA water wine is a tool that transforms regular tap water into its supercharged, full-spectrum, coherent state. In regular tap water, H2O molecules move in a chaotic and irregular manner. Through a simple process, the water wine radically changes the state of water by rearranging H2O molecules. We know that the water is chlorinated and there is other different elements that are added to it, one particular fluoride. My first question come out of the gate here, and then we'll go into the technology of how it works, is can this wine not only structure water, but also get rid of those elements that have been added to the water as well that are not intended to be there? Well, we don't think so. But in our country, we, we are lucky we don't use chloride, just yeah. water. So we don't have that issue. We have not been testing that, but I don't think so. We must make it clear that our water is not like if you have dirty ditch water and use our wand, it's not like after that you're going to drink the water. On the long run, that could be different because when the water is well structured, uh, the right bacteria will enter the water and they will do the cleanup. But that's on the long run, sorry. But it's not like when you're going to use the wand. In your house, we have chlorinated water, you swirl with it, then chloride is gone. That will not happen. I'm glad we clarified that. My next point, and something that you mentioned, Dolph, was this. When you talked about distilled and alkaline, what did you find in your initial research, how those waters were positioned with using the wand versus not? And then I want to go into the technology a little bit. That is something that we, 40 years ago, we first wanted to find out are there differences that we can measure into water? Mm-hmm. And that is why we used different types of water from all over the world. We had water from Japan, from the USA, from uh, the Rocky Mountains, from the Himalayas, many wells in Europe, and many of the existing marketing bottles that you see into the, the big mineral waters. We used those waters in the area of agriculture, and then we measured can we find waveforms and wave differences and grow differences in those waters? Then we moved into the world of the subtle energies, and then we find that we can measure waveforms. And then we found out that if you have a particular type of water, 
then the waveform is much more in harmony. At the end of the day, you also get a different effect in the bacteria fungi. Mm. Because Mother Nature itself is taking control. And then we see, hey, there is something that is uh, really different. But that was a whole adventure that took many, many years. How to move in that area and what is good water. So before we have the product that you just mentioned, we went through hundreds of tests done all over the world before we got a little bit of understanding what is water. And then we discussed it with many scientists all over the world. And step by step, we learned our lessons. And then we noticed that water still responds to certain activities, certain energies, and it can hold them. And then it can structure itself in such a way Mm. that it is becoming less chaotic. We found out that water is an information system. It carries information Hmm. that constantly works with that information. And what we saw is that certain water types can only absorb information, but they cannot send the information to a cell or something else. So it's a two-way direction with water. And that was a complete new way how we look to science. So what did you find in the difference with the bacteria and fungi between the different water samples that you took in regionally as well as across the different countries? It's not like we've been testing all the bacteria in different uh, countries. I mean, because all the waters are different. If I take my tap water here, if I take a tap water at Dolph Place, all of them are different. We decided to go to another direction, and that's what the Dolph just said, and that's information, because it's an information carrier. We have a different kind of view on your body. If you look quite well at your body, you know, 99% of your molecules of your body is water. Mm-hmm. In weight, it's about 70%, but molecule-wise, it's 99.1 exactly. Uh, of your molecules is actually water. What is it doing over there? If you look at the sea, that's about 96% of the sea is water. So actually, molecule-wise, you have more water in your body than the, the sea carries. And every cell is like a gel. And it has to do with uh, the coherence structuring of, of the water. For us, it was quite strange to see that the biggest part of your body, 99%, we don't deal with it anything in medicine at all. But it's the biggest part of our body is one of the most important parts of the body. Another thing is that we learn in quantum physics that not matter, but quantum information is the building block of everything. Mm. Information is very important. The way we look at it in our clinic, that most diseases, chronic diseases, are actually information problems. We always look at it chemically-wise, but actually it's an information information problem. And if you take down also the microbiome, well, the biggest part of our body are bacteria. I mean, even mitochondria have been proved that in the past they were bacteria. We have a maybe strange view of looking at the body that actually that your body is a colony of uh, bacteria in a heap of water run by the cosmos. And everything, what I say now, is true. And there are proteins in between, there are minerals in between and everything. But these three are very, very, very important for the health of your body. And all three of them, we don't take care about them. Luckily, the last couple of years, the microbiome came finally into the picture. But before, we were busy with actually destroying it by using a lot of chemicals in the soil, uh, using a lot of antibiotics, all kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, we found out that actually there is a very a narrow 
you know, how do you call it, working together between bacteria, fungi, or your microbiome and water. Microbiome loves good water. It makes a huge difference with it, test even in the soil, to see that when you use the right water, the mycorrhiza, the, the right fungi, they started to grow. So the better all the water you drink goes into your gut. Your gut, you know, contains about 1,100 to 1,500 sorts of bacteria. So actually, the water is a very, very important thing for your microbiome to grow. And not only to grow, but also see that you get the right bacteria. That's one reason I never understood how you can drink chloride water, because <laughs> actually you're destroying your microbiome. It's as simple as that. Sure. And I think we need to rethink in what we are doing, because our whole system now is based on destroying something. You want to kill a bacteria. Right. But if you have the right microbiome, you know, they take care of it. I always try to tell people, you know, when there's an empty chair, somebody else is going to sit on it. But when there's somebody sitting on it, nobody can sit on it. So if you have the right bacteria on your hands, on your body, inside of your body, mm-hmm. when wrong bacteria, when they come, well, there's no space for them. That's a complete different. Everything is about balance. What we found out that water actually is a big, big, huge trigger in it to get the right bacteria. Actually, it seems like water is more or less organizing also the whole bacteria structure. When you say that information is being carried through the water, what specifically? And then how does it work? I want to go back to the statement you just posed, Eric. When we add chlorine or different elements to our water, like neurotoxins, like fluoride, what is that not allowing to be transferred as far as the information? That's a very specific question, and I don't know if I can get the perfect answer to that, but nobody knows actually how exactly it works. From quantum physics, you have a lot of theories what coherence means, mm-hmm. but I like to use the idea of a crystal. In all first radios, you had like a crystal inside that helps you to receive certain information. Actually, minerals, clay, etc., they are receivers conductors for information. So if you put water in a certain crystalline form, it will receive certain information. Hmm. And what a lot of toxins do, actually, chloride, etc., they destroy the structure. You get less information or wrong information. That's hmm. how we look at it. Right. It's a theory which you cannot prove by simple because you cannot see, like on a microscope, how it functions. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Dolph, you have to add something to it. We took a completely different approach in this area. What we were looking for was light. Light is playing a major role. And everybody thinks that, oh, it's just light. But if you go to the world of the astronomers, they use specific frequencies, and they know that each frequency also resonates with a specific element, a chemical element like calcium, potassium, iron, copper. Mm-hmm. They all respond to a specific frequency in this light area. And what we found is that water responds to light, especially sunlight and moonlight. i give you one example. For instance, we had different types of water, and we gave that water to seeds. And then we measured in what seeds and what level of seeds do we see the best resonance. How do we find back the harmony of those waveforms? 
and what is the best growth area. And we notice that the water that responds the best to the moon gets the best growth, even in a laboratory. To the moon? To the moon. It was amazing. Wow. We could measure the moon in our laboratory, and then we noticed that waveform was more perfect. Your body is also responding to the moon. Everything that lives on this planet responds to all those cosmic influences. Then we found out that water responds to all kinds of electromagnetic waves. Eric just told you that water is a carrier of information. That information is coming in via electromagnetic waveforms. Huh. (laughs) Now I'm having fun in my head. This is great. (laughs) And I can give you a very simple test that we did. We'd like to took two quarts glasses you know like only half a centimeter of water was there in between and we let the sun shine through them and collect down under it what happened with the light and you know even two different waters the light will pass through was different only half a centimeter is enough if you look at it like you know we have the uh, atmosphere around this planet which is water Mm -hmm. that's why we can live over here takes out some harmful frequencies etc if you just push it down to a liquid state, it's only three centimeters of water. So only three centimeters of liquid water actually does that. Water is amazing. It's one of the most amazing structures there is. I mean, it is the communicator. Even through the whole cosmos, you'll find water right. in the form of ice. It's not only on this planet. It's everywhere. So more and more we think, well, probably water is the quantum computer, is the one who is getting all the information through this whole cosmos. It's a very, very, uh, it's the most important thing there is. The frequency that you noticed and you identified in the light, in the test that you're doing, what was that frequency and what was the relevance of that frequency versus others? You mentioned quantum. Everything in quantum is flow. And as soon as you have a stop, it's a particle. So if we can go in there a little bit, because I know this is going into the technology of how the, the actual wand works. That's really interesting to me right now. Before we go to the quantum, let's first explain what happened with the light. Sure. If you beam specific light forms, for instance, in the infrared or in the UV or in the visual light, if you beam that to water, then you get a different response. You can measure water only in a few areas in light forms that is in the infrared. What we saw is that if water is under the influence of specific chemicals or specific light forms, then you can measure to the infrared, but also in other areas, you can measure the differences in waveforms. Mm-hmm. Then you can see the response. As a matter of fact, in Japan, they did a lot of tests by scientists. They could measure that somebody was getting a problem, an infection in a bacteria. Before they could measure the bacteria into the blood, they could measure it into the urine, into the water. It was there before. Hmm. We are humans. We live in nature, whereby the sun and the moon play a major role. Due to the chemical pollution and due our food system and all those things in our drinking water, we block a part of that information system. And we notice that waveforms should go from one octave to the next octave in the world of physics. And so we found out how does water respond to that, and we could measure that with light and with light forms. Step by step, we learned that waveforms have to go from one octave to the next octave, and they should stay in harmony with tones and overtones. 
That is why we found out that certain pollutions that take place on this planet now, especially in agriculture, they play a major role because the rainwater comes onto the land, on the soil. Mm -hmm. The soil is polluted, and then at the end of the day, it comes back into a river, and we drink that. Right. That means that your information system is blocked, and and that creates a problem. That's well said. And at the same time, the recommendation here in the United States, which I'm sure you're very much aware of, if there's any pharmacological drug therapy that's not being used, either return it in the bottle back to the pharmacy that you received it from, or you flush it down the toilet. And now you have just an abundance of man-made chemicals that we don't know how they're being broken down. That's in our drinking water as well. I don't think it's a far stretch to say, even if you're buying purified water, that there's probably still some contaminants in that water because there's only so much extraction they can accomplish. We could hardly find any non-polluted water in the world. Really? And it's not only about the chemicals you find, but the water takes over the kind of structure of the chemicals. And that is a big issue. Even if you would take out all the chemicals from water, mm-hmm. all of them, you still have not good water. Because the information of the magnetic information of the waves, uh, the chemicals are still inside. And that's something which our wand can do very well to get rid of that. It doesn't get rid of the chemicals, but it gets rid of the information. Wow. Let me go back for one moment here. Where do you find the most uncontaminated water in the world? It's not like we've been testing all the waters of this world. (laughs) I mean, it's a lot of water over there. Yeah. Even water we tested from Greenland was Mm -hmm. not okay anymore. The big issue is, and how that is possible we don't know, but we have ideas, but we don't, we're not sure, is that the water is not stable. Mm-hmm. And that is a big issue. What does that mean, like not stable? Um, go back like into the visualize, you know, like it's a form of crystal. Mm-hmm. If there's no stable crystal form in it, then it will go back into a chaotic state. Think of light. Most light is chaotic, you know, the, fire, uh, the bio- photons, they are everywhere. That's why you have your light. But if you start, let them work together, then you get a laser light. It has a lot more power. Right. Think about it in the same way as in water. When water is chaotic, that's actually the biggest problem, maybe even a bigger problem than the chemicals by itself. When the water is chaotic, the H2Os are not working together. Mm-hmm. You know, they just randomize, do something. It looks the same, but the, all the water molecules starts working together, like soldiers, you know, who do the thing then becomes a lot more powerful. It has a lot more force to life. You have many, many different coherence forms. It's not like you have one, you can have billions of them. Different structures, how they work together. The issue is that even if you structure it, how long does it stay? And that actually, that was our biggest, biggest issue with all the water devices we've been testing. You know, you just put it next to a Wi-Fi and the structure is gone. Wow. That was actually our biggest pain in the ass, let's put it that way, to get it <laughs> stable. We managed to do that, I mean, after years. The funny thing is that even over time, our water becomes stronger. Almost every month, you get a 4% added energy level in it. Instead of wow. breaking down, it becomes stronger over time. All the tests that we do now in agriculture actually is water over there for four or five months old. Mm-hmm. So not immediately after the device, 
even if you use the stick, if you swirl it, you leave it over there, structure-wise, it becomes better over time. Wow. You have another issue when bacteria enter, et cetera, et cetera, but yeah. that's you know, on energy level, it, it does. So as far as the wand and the technology and like, I know we have an open question there with the quantum. How did you perfect the technology to get unstructured coherent water into structured coherent water? The second part of that would be how long did it last? Just mentioned that if you put structured element of water next to Wi-Fi, that radio wave disperses that makes it unstructured. Let's first go back to the quantum. Sure. A lot of scientists, especially quantum physicists, uh, did a research on water. And they've calculated if the atoms, the structure of the H2O, if they have a certain stability, a certain coherence form, they could calculate this water had much more energy than normal waters. They also could show that it had completely different effects. That doesn't mean that it is one structure. It has a dynamic structure. Amazing enough, it has the ability and a kind of knowledge or a way, even consciousness can call it, that it can adapt itself to the environment. So it knows how to respond to the environment. One of the most difficult things, we had seen that water adopts immediately negative electromagnetic waves from, for instance, a Wi-Fi or a mobile phone. How can you protect that? And that has to do with the level of coherence you have to bring in. And the level of coherence also means that it remains there for a long, long period. So the longer it remains coherent, the better the water is and the more powerful it is against certain radiation from outside. That is why we moved on to the next step. How did it work? You have stainless steel cylinder and you have this utterly beautiful section of water inside the wand. According to the instructions, it says stir that in your water for up to 30 seconds. Although it's not necessary, you would recharge this using light for two minutes or less every couple of weeks. When someone takes this wand out, basically stirs their water with it, what is happening? Actually, what it does, this is what we call this a mother tincture. This mother tincture is, is not for drinking. You can drink it, but it's not like it's a little bit powerful. <laughs> there, there's a lot into it. I mean, even whole star constellation has been put in. We created certain devices, which are completely not electromagnetical or whatever, with materials, with geometric forms and so forth. We let it run through on certain times, uh, actually, when the time was right. You know, there's a third person also connected to us. He's an astrologer, a very good one. He figured out when was exactly times to create the water. That's also very important. Yeah. So we went over a whole cycle. Actually, it took us two years to make that mother water. Wow. And so then it was ready. Like you said, you only have a chance once in 150 years to do it. So we did it last couple of years. And it was not always nice because usually it was like three o'clock at night, something like that, that we have to do it. Uh, but finally, you know, finished off in the, what it does is when you use that mother water, actually the glass, which you see, it's a very expensive quartz glass. It's not like normal glass. Right. It's quartz glass. Mm -hmm. Quartz looks a lot like water. So it's like putting water into water. It covers it straight through. If you would use normal glass, it wouldn't be stable. Now, quartz is a natural antibiotic as well, correct? Yeah. Right. 
but it copies it straight through. So by swirling, the water touches the other water and it wants to be in a stable position because that's its nature. It should be its nature. So then it has been done. And to answer your question for how long it will stay, as long as we know so far. To break this down really simply, did it follow the rule of like attracts like? Yes. When I was thinking about this and I was just looking at the one, I'm like, I'm like how does this work? <laughs> I was like, there has to be the most pure structured element of water inside of the quartz. And I said, it has to be a technology of like attracts like. You piqued my interest, Eric, a moment ago when you said that you put the constellation, the cosmos, in this purified water. And is that the right way to describe the water or the liquid that's inside the quartz? Or is there a different name that you would call that? Well, we don't call it any name. I'm not trying to define it. I just don't want to misrepresent it. What happened is that at certain time frames, we can make this water. The total procedure of this water is at least a year to make this modern water. Wow. This water is made without any influence of outside electronics or magnets or whatever. Mm -hmm. This is purely made by Mother Nature, but we had to find first the rules of Mother Nature, and then we know how to do that. That was a very, very serious job because we first had to try it, etc., etc. And to do it in quartz, what Eric just told you, made it makes it possible to copy it. For those people who are looking to the website and see all the scientific tests that we did, it's good to know that all those tests were done with this stick. There's one thing I would like to add to it. I mean, sure. it's not even like one water, to be honest, but it, these are two waters because you have the male and the female water. Mm -hmm. That's why it took one year to make a female water, one year to make a male water, and that has been mixed to this water. So there all the elements we had to learn by trial and error and find out until we got to, to this point. I'm going to read something on the website. You're going to have every woman in the country <laughs> who is listening to this say, really? Sign me up. <laughs> uh, but it's an incredible one to 12 years of biological age revitalization in 99% of the participants within only three months of drinking the water. Okay. To go back to the question of, I'm going to throw a lot at this one. I'm really interested in is that the water has consciousness. There's the star constellation built in. The rules of Mother Nature. I don't think Mother Nature has rules. <laughs> and then male versus female. That's the first time I ever heard that, like a male versus female type of a water. Like, how does it all break down? We call it male-female because two types of energy to create something, you have a plus and a minus. That is more or less how we, how we call it. Is that more about polarity, Dolph? Yeah, well, we have to understand that if you want to have energy in something, you need a plus and a minus, and they have to be in balance. And that is what we found out. Certain waters have the ability to get the information, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to bring it back to the cell or to something else. So that's a two-way mechanism. That is why I said it's a two-way direction. Sure. And that is what we call male-female. You have to, it must be in balance. Otherwise, a part of this information is not coming in and out at the same level. Read it more or less like that. So it's more like the principle of the yin and the yang out of acupuncture, as we know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get the idea. We're trying to make it digestible yeah. so people understand it. Yeah. And if you want to have 
water with more energy, as we just told you, that you can create if, if it is more in harmony with each other, then you have bigger plus and a bigger minus. That's more or less the name of the game. Mm-hmm. Yes. It must always be in balance. It's very important. We went through many, many learning curves to do that. What you have seen now on the website is that, yes, we gave people this one, and they used it. They took mineral water for three months. They put it in a glass. They stirred it, and they drank it for three months. And then it was not, this time was not done by us, by the way. It was done by an outside company in London, one of the top research teams in, uh, in the climate age. They found out that aging went down. As a matter of fact, it went even reverse. And not only that, the immune system became better. That was for us not a real surprise because Eric and I did many, many tests already in the agriculture. And we found out that Mother Nature created three to four times more bacteria and microbiome into the soil. That is what we measured. Mm-hmm. All those measurements were done by outside universities or institutes. And this is more or less the same effect as we have seen now on humans. And Eric is now working also on animals. What's the result there on, on animals so far? A lot. Actually, we react usually a lot better than humans do because mm. they uh, have a less toxic mind. Let's put it that way. Sure. I would like to come back to that point because that's why we call it also conscious water. The funny thing is with human beings, when they start drinking the water, they become more conscious. That's why we call it conscious water. See that people, you know, love to eat a lot of meat. When they start drinking the water, they're going to eat less meat and think about more over there. That's the reason for conscious water. With animals, I mean, for example, we used to like in uh, pig stables and just actually what they did is just one want they put in the reservoir of the water. They had a lot of less biofilm. Pigs were far less stressed, more comfortable less miscarriage, a better immune system, less sick. As usual, animals are less, like I said, have less toxic minds, so less toxic. So they react even faster than with human beings, with all of them. It doesn't matter without exception if it's a cat or a dog or a horse, cattle or whatever. So the lack of a belief system or the interruption of a thought. is always better. It's always better. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> It's the same with the children. I mean, it's also yeah. with children. I mean, children, they're growing up with the water. Like we just had a holiday for a couple of days. And, then, you know, they want, when we're over there, they use the one themselves because they want energy water. They call it energy water. You just mentioned food source. So is there a better food lifestyle to follow? You talked about meat, for example. People who are using the one, they're going to want to eat less meat more of a plant-based i think that may have been the suggestion you were talking about could we talk about balance in the beginning of the show i'm on the side and i've tried both ends i've tried the carnivore i've tried i'm defining it because that's how we define it over here in the states i've tried the all plant-based i've tried the mediterranean with all that nonsense out of the way i eat what my body's asking for that's the balance that i strive for but did you find in your test and some of your research that there is a better lifestyle to follow, or did you follow what I just said being the same? The outcome in agriculture is really amazing. I'll give you one example. For the last few years, we had a very, very big greenhouses of several sizes, several football fields big. And they had cucumbers. Normally, the time from plant, the plant is going to die, 
is around, let's say, 16 to 20 weeks. We gave this water, and after 26, 27 weeks, the farmer called us, and he said, this is not normal. We still have the best cucumbers in this country, and the plant is still alive and kicking. Wow. Anti-aging for cucumbers. (laughs) You can imagine what will happen to you if you eat that cucumber yourself. But mind you, Scott, that doesn't mean that you get more cucumbers. It's our way of thinking we want more Mm -hmm. when we talk about quality. Sure. The quality is far better if you eat those vegetables. So we prefer, of course, the vegetables have been grown with the water, like microbiome, etc. I don't want to divert away from the water, but I want to go on just the the nutrient intake, because I know water is part of that equation, and I want to pose something here. So I believe that a lot of the reasons why most people, for those who do overeat, but most people who overeat is because they're not getting the nutrient density that they need from the food that they're eating. Is it safe to say the water from the wand is communicating consciously with clean, natural food? The water in the food's communicating. We're not overeating. We're eating better. I've actually noticed that as well. I'm actually more satisfied with my meals. Once I'm done, I'm good. That's it. And then again, if I get hungry, let's say dinner time versus lunchtime. Have you found the same thing? I think there are two parts in it. Uh, first, uh, I think you're correct. You're even going to drink less water. In the beginning, you're going to drink more water. Mm-hmm. But at the end, because the water is more functional, a little bit the same like, you know, if you go to a desert, the water and plants which have been grown in the desert are far more coherent. So if you eat that, you need a far less water. If my horses go out in a pasture and eat a lot of grass, they drink less water because the grass also makes the water a little bit coherent. That's one thing. You know, your body becomes more smart in what is good for you and what's not good for you. That's the answer to your question. Yeah. But it also means that it's not always that nice because if you love McDonald's food, <laughs> uh, it's possible that after drinking a lot of that water that your body doesn't want it anymore. Right. And I also see that people become more sensitive, you know, to wrong food. And that's a choice. Of course, if sure. you want to eat a lot of wrong food, then don't drink the water. Your body becomes more intelligent. Personally, I found out that I need less and less food. I mean, I only eat twice a day now, and I'm doing fine. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, the, the quality of your food is very, very important. That's why, like you said, you know, the main ingredients should be vegetables. There's also another thing to say about it, and it needs to be vegetables who saw the soil because of the microbiome. Actually, the microbiome you got the biggest part comes from uh, under the soil. Right. And that's, of course, another issue because we destroyed almost completely the microbiome of this earth uh, in the soil. We found out that this water can be very helpful to restore that. So also in agriculture, uh, this is very, very helpful. And it's not like you have to swirl with your thing for agriculture and everything when you feed the plants. In the future, we have them already. We have devices. So actually, we can do whole rivers if you you want. We can do Mm -hmm. whole agriculture plants. That's not an issue for the future. Have you tested soil and water against glyphosate as far as harsh chemicals? Here's what's going on. We mentioned it earlier. 
you may have pure water comes down and hits the soil, soil is contaminated, but that gets reabsorbed back into the atmosphere and then the perpetual cycle over and over and over again. So when it comes down to how the water is structured here, I'm not saying that it's going to remove glyphosate, but if you noticed in a testing environment where you just gave the example of cucumbers, what they were providing versus those in glyphosate contaminated soil or chemical enriched soil, is there a difference there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Eric said something uh, that is very critical in this area. The food you eat for part, you eat the soil as well, because that yeah. is coming back into the food. So if you eat these uh, toxins, well, you can imagine what will happen to your gut as well. Right. At the end of the day, you will see that you can get a disease in all kinds of forms because you miss certain microbiomes or bacteria or whatever. Yes, we do those tests. As a matter of fact, we are doing those tests now together with uh, one of the universities in the U.S. Wow. So, yes, very high expectations in this area. Please send me that report. I would love to read that article. (laughs) In a couple of months, we'll know the answer of that. The way we look at the soil, the soil is the gut of the earth. Right. So what you eat from there is the same as your own gut. Actually, there's not a lot of difference if you look at it. If we... I mean, everybody's focused on on CO2 and on COVID these days. We forget the most important thing at this moment, and that's actually that's we're destroying completely the gut of the earth. We have been doing that for for over 100 years. Eric, that's a brilliant comment you just made. I never really thought of the soil and the dirt that's on the ground. That's the name that we gave it. It also holds bacteria and fungi that also lives in our gut. That's very smart. I have not thought of it that way before, and you're absolutely right. makes complete and utter sense. As a matter of fact, the only way you can get these bacteria again back into your fungi is via good vegetables that have grown onto the right soil. Yeah, I can see that. What we think uh, personally is that not the water itself is cleaning the soil, mm-hmm. but what it does, I mean, if you have a healthy soil, there are good bacteria in it. It helps to let them grow the good bacteria, and actually they are cleaning the soil. So we're also convinced, but we need to do tests on that. We did small tests on it, mm-hmm. and it was very, very promising that even, you know, you can clean up soil actually with this water. Hmm. So you guys have some big plans in front of you then. Yes. <laughs> the, the biggest plan is that we have all the water coherent on this planet, let's say, in a couple of years. Is that big enough? That's huge. I'm down. I'm for that. I'm thinking of a random thought here. We had Dr. Alan Goldhammer on the show, and he was talking about water-only fasting. I'm just imagining what that would look like for a medical doctor who prescribes that type of a regimen. And what I called it before, and a lot of people responded well to it, we called it the great reset of the body. When it's water-only fasting, going after the microbiome, resetting everything, wiping out the toxins as best as they could before they reintroduce foods again so they can get, again, back in balance. It's always about balance. I'm wondering what that would look like for them. I think that would be pretty cool to see. Again, if you're going to go for the mission of structuring all the water on the planet, it's going to happen anyway. So (laughs) (laughs) hopefully alongside with that, with one of the questions we just asked was hopefully it aligns just provides a nice natural modification to people's eating habits as well, which I think will happen. Because if it's consciously communicating, not talking, but just communicating information to information, 
then everything just starts you know, striving and jiving, which is a really cool, fun thing to, to appreciate there. Is there anything outstanding that you've learned in your research and your development before we go into the two final questions you think the audience should know? It would be fantastic if we start to educate young people to get a little bit more respect upon the elements on this planet and how they all work together and that it is very irresponsible how we behave now. They really have to understand that if we don't treat those elements with a certain respect, that we pay the price. Well said. So going into our last two questions for both of you, you spent 14 years developing sounds like just the absolute beginning of a complete movement. How do you educate yourselves? Where do you spend your time learning, listening, moving forward in your own education? 24-7 job. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's not a job. The more you learn, the more curious you become. Right. And the more you know that you don't know anything. And I think we need to realize that we're, as humans, I'm sorry to say, but we're a little bit too arrogant that we think that we know, but we don't know. We don't have any clue about how life functions. Finally, now, more and more, you see that, you know, quantum physics actually is entering our biological system. That's good news. And because everything is information, we should learn that everything what you do is information can help or destroy in the future. That's right. Like Dorf said, I mean, we can grab and earn all the money we want, etc. But if you don't have a planet to live on, on it anymore, it's no fun. And we're convinced that by getting the right quantum computer, what water is, you know, you'll become more and more conscious yourself because you don't want to destroy. If you learn by yourself that if I harm you, I harm myself. We're one of the same pool. You know, nothing is separate from each other. Nothing. And we know a little. So learning that is not that I want to learn, that I need to learn, but I want it. You become more and more curious mm -hmm. and you become more and more humble about your own knowledge. Well said. Dolph? Eric and I, we speak to each other seven days a week. We are in a lucky position. There are a very good team around us. And then we can do a lot of tests in the field. It's 40 years of testing and investing. One of the things that maybe I want to emphasize is that when we go to university, we train each other and we learn only that there is a chemical world. We found out that beside the chemical world, there is a much more important world, and that is the world of energies with light and all the things that work together. Then you understand that you know nothing. That is really a very different learning curve. And I think that human race is at the very, very, very beginning to understand that. But that is, for us, one of the most critical areas. And that is why it is so exciting for Eric and me to go through that learning curve. I completely agree with your last statement there. And one of my really good friends and a mentor of mine, this is a statement that he's told me and also taught me. And it goes, no one knows shit. And as soon as you realize that, you know one more thing than the next guy. <laughs> it's true. It's completely true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I tell people, if you think you know how it functions, then I know that you're wrong. <laughs> That's exactly right. My gosh. True, true, true. All the way around. You get to leave the audience with whatever last statement you would like to leave them with. 
the floor is yours for both of you. Uh, I think I would like to, to add a little bit to what Dolph said, and it's very important. We are so much hooked on a chemical way of thinking because that's good for business. But we need to change that. It's maybe less for business, but better for this planet. So in the long run, also better for business. Agree. Especially what's happening now in this world over the last few years is that we think in short terms. Uh, we have used uh, DDT at the beginning. We have used all kinds of other chemicals. And now we suddenly have very strange virus coming up. So a very, very big part it has to do in the way how we behave. It would be fantastic if we can look to the mirror and see, hey, what have we done wrong? And can we improve that? That's it. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of this conversation and a lot of the conversations that even just for me personally have gotten me to this point, I keep thinking of the movie Avatar. It's, yeah. it really is. A, it's a very nice correlation of what's playing out in front of you versus what could be. I agree. Yeah. Gentlemen, I thank you both. I really, really look forward to staying in touch with both of you. I'm with you. We don't know anything. All we know is that there's certain things that may appear to work, may not. I don't know. Time will tell. It always does. Scott, pleasure to speak with you. Thank Thank you you both. Yeah, I really appreciate the time. This was great and very informative. Have a great day and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Scott. Bye-bye. See you guys. So here's the deal. We are water. Water is the communicator of life. And now that you know how vital this is to life, what are you going to do with this information? I look forward to continuing this conversation. So please join us in our Facebook group, the best and brightest of Healthcare 360, and join in on the discussion. From all of us with the Healthcare 360 team, we thank you for your continued support. We'll see you for episode 95. See you there.